Welcome to the Master Your Healthcare Career Podcast, hosted by Dr. Anthony Stanowski. It can be hard to decide the next step to advance your career in healthcare. Join Dr. Anthony Stanowski, President and CEO, Commission on Accreditation of Healthcare Management Education, otherwise known as CAMI, and longtime mentor in the field as he interviews guests about the challenges and successes that shaped them into the leaders they are today. Whether you want to continue your education, make a change in your career, or learn what it takes to lead, this is the podcast for you. Today, we welcome Dr. Dan West. Dr. West is a professor and past chair in the Department of Health Administration and Human Resources at the University of Scranton. He is recognized as a global healthcare expert, and he holds faculty appointments at several universities in Central and Eastern Europe. Dr. West has been a hospital CEO, physician practice CEO, and healthcare consultant. He serves or has served on many boards, including as a board member with a health system. He is board certified in healthcare management with American College of Healthcare Executives and certified with the American College of Medical Practice Executives. He is recognized as a master fellow with CAMI, chairs CAMI's Global Advisory Council, and was past chair of the CAMI board and CAMI Accreditation Council. In this episode, Dr. West discusses his passion for understanding best practices in healthcare around the globe. Dr. West and Anthony will discuss why understanding what is going on in diverse cultures around the world is vital for future healthcare leaders and educators. They will review how CAMI plays a vital role in sharing best practices and raising the bar for all programs, not just in North America, but worldwide, to advance the quality of healthcare management education. Now here is your host, Dr. Anthony Stanowski, and special guest, Dr. Dan West. Well, Melissa, thank you very much for that introduction and a warm welcome today to our guest, Dan West. Dan, welcome to the show. Glad to be with you. (laughs) As I was getting ready for this, I was thinking, Dan, it's been 15 years since we met. We met when I was with Aramark and we had started a fellowship program. And I remember giving you a call and kind of describing it. And you contributed one of the first fellows to the Aramark fellowship part and someone who's went on to be very successful and a great University of Scranton graduate, Neil Pathak. And Neil just recently completed a video for us about all the work he's doing at another program at Creighton University. So there's got to be some sense for you of, you know, the the continuity of what you bring in your role at, at the University of Scranton. Well, it certainly has been an interesting career for me. And, you know, you mentioned Aramark, and that that was a pivotal point, really, with some of the things that we did together. Aramark was right up front in supporting fellowships, engaging students, really seeing the future of health management education. So it, it was something that I immediately felt comfortable with when you gave a call. And yeah, it's, it's true. Neil Patak finished his doctorate and, you know, is now doing well in his healthcare career. So it's always nice to see that. You feel real comfortable when you know that people have learned something and they're now out there contributing to the profession. Let's first go back to your early career. And, and you and I have kind of talked about this. I mean, you we're a consultant. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? I I think it's very interesting to kind of hear you were a practitioner and you were someone who 
really worked in healthcare at very high levels and then moved into academia. Could you just give a little brief background on that? Yeah, I'd be real happy to do that because here again, I've been really given some opportunities which have panned out quite well. I, you know, I was working for a Catholic healthcare system. It was a smaller system at the time. A new CEO came in and he, he was a strong advocate for education. So what ended up happening, I got a call uh, from Penn State University about the doctoral program and went to my CEO and I said, look, is there any way I can do this? Can I take a leave of absence or whatever? And so I really, as an assistant vice president, was able to, you know, get back into academia and focus on health services research because it was a PhD program and Penn State was uh, what we call an R1 university. I came back because part of the deal at that time was you owe us time. And so I came back into the system at that time. It was the Daughters of Charity. They were a large healthcare system at that time and stayed with them for a while. And then decided it was time to move into my own and took an administrative position with a publicly traded company called Medic Incorporated and, you know, worked for them for several years, ran into some real great, sharp, bright people. At that time, I get up here into the Scranton area and the university came to me and said, hey, would you teach for us part time? And I had always been teaching on a part-time basis with Penn State. So I said, sure, no, no problem. And then they convinced me it was time to leave, mm -hmm. you know, the applied side and go over to the academic side with an understanding that I could do consultant work in healthcare. And And so it was a great, it was a great opportunity. I was able to take my academic training. I was able to take my professional training, blend them together and really launch a real exciting career. When you mentioned medic, I, I think back to my days at Graduate Hospital when I worked with one of your peers very closely, Joe Serpin, who I later also yes. got to work with later in my career. And I, I think, Dan, you know, Art passed, might have passed somewhere during that period as well, only to have met again, like, you know, 20, 25 years later. Exactly. And, you know, that's one of the nice things I like about yeah. About healthcare is we often say what goes around comes around. Comes around. <laughs> well, because, you know, there's so many great people and you get to know them and you end up, you know, attending educational programs together and attending professional meetings together. And that's what's so rewarding about this profession. It's really the people that make it and make yeah. it enjoyable, quite frankly. It's so true. And we talk about presentations. Uh, you and I have been doing several. And I think the last one that we did was with the European Health Management Association, where we were really talking about the efforts to do accreditation for a CAMI on a global basis. You've been involved in this whole process with CAMI and Global for a, a long time. Could you just provide some historical kind of reference for our folks to understand CAMI's work on a global basis isn't something that we just started yesterday. It's something that began a long, long time ago. And it did. I mean, it's something Cam CAMI's been working at, but, you know, it, it was comfortable kind of moving into the global arena with CAMI because of its mission statement, you know, improving the quality of health management education. 
And that means really globally. And, you know, you look at the pandemic, you look at other things that are happening in healthcare, and you say, hey, there, there really are no borders here. We're going to be working in collaborative teams across countries, and that is the world today. But it wasn't always easy on the front end convincing people. In fact, it was you and I put together a, a white paper, a concept paper to encourage the then CAMI board to really give some thought to this idea of globalization. With your help and support, you know, we were able to get that concept approved and then very thoughtfully put together an approach that used the CAMI standards. And I, and I think that's one of the things became apparent right in the front end with CAMI is that their standards and criteria for accreditation fit the global arena, uh, the global village. It's not just domestic. It's not just the U.S. So so CAMI's been out in front, I think. It was interesting because I remember the meetings that you ran with the Global Advisory Council, where we did that group, which consisted from people of around the globe who looked at our standards. And the ultimate endpoint was, yeah, the standards were globally around there. Dan, you did work globally even prior to CAMI. I love when you start to talk about USAID and what you've done with programs from the former, you know, the Eastern Bloc, if you would, and, and kind of working with them. Could you tell the folks a little bit about that, those efforts that you did? That was a gift from heaven. At the university, the president at that time, Father Al Panusco, put out a newsletter, said, hey, we got to do more globally. And I remember going up to his office and I said, Father Panusco, I, I said, D do you mean what you wrote? He said, absolutely. I want to see our university more involved globally. Now, that was 30 years ago, but it was at a time where countries were coming out from underneath the Soviet Union. So when you look at Ukraine and Poland, Czech Republic, Slovak, Hungary, Bulgaria, all of these countries were coming out from underneath the Soviet Union. And the United States uses the United States Agency for International Development. That's their humanitarian arm. And they made a commitment to uh, Central Eastern Europe to help these countries come out and get themselves established. And what was amazing, I mean, like one day you're with the Soviet Union, the next day you're independent republic. But what ended up happening, the electricity was cut off, the international monetary funds were cut off. I mean, so these countries, if it, if it wasn't for USAID and the American International Health Alliance, well, these countries would have not made it. But early in my career, I fell in love with, with global healthcare management. I mean, it became apparent to me that there were skills that could be taught here, that if you work carefully with countries, again, a lot of our management concepts that have been around for 50, 60 years could nicely be applied in other countries if we put together good educational programs and work with them. That's what got me so excited. And um, so I've, I've been very fortunate. I, I use the word blessed to be able to work in many countries and find some incredibly bright people who kind of see the world the same way. You know, yeah. they just want a better place for their people. And then you got to introduce me to some of them. And what you can really feel from the people that you've got to meet is that you're friends with them. I mean, I think your colleagues, but you have their best interest in heart. And conversely, they also have your best interest in art. You get that sense from people around the globe of your reputation and what that means. Well, thank you for the kind words. And uh, it really is a matter of trusting people. If you trust and respect other people, 
it gets returned in kind. And, and that's the fundamental building block. Uh, you know, and, and it's hard to teach humility. It's hard to teach trust. Yeah. But, but they're the fundamental building blocks, you know, for working with people globally. Yeah. But uh, I've been fortunate to have a lot of really great friends. It was interesting because one of the questions, as you and I were preparing to go to Tbilisi in Georgia, one of the questions that came to my mind and was asked when we were presenting about, uh, you know, what CAMI can do in terms of accreditation, how we can help you was the question of, well, the United States has a lot of problems with its healthcare system. You know, arguably the, the most expensive healthcare system in the globe. And some of the outcomes aren't necessarily as good as other countries that don't spend as much money. And the question that was raised to me was, why should we have a U.S.-based company come here and kind of work with us to understand, you know, is our education process kind of accredited? And I think, you know, you and I both work through those discussions in the way that it really isn't just a one-way process. Like you said, it's advanced the quality of healthcare management education. It's what, what do you do really well? What do the programs in the United States really do well? And by learning that and sharing best practices, all of us get better. Yeah, that's an excellent point, Anthony, because we all can learn together. People want to be involved with the United States because, I mean, we've got our problems. Um, but at the same time, we've got a lot of good things going on. And we do a lot of good research and people want to understand that. And they and they know that, you know, the quality of our education is a high standard. To be able to work together and collaborate together is a strong card in working with people. If they know you're not trying to push on them our system. And I don't think we've ever approached it that way. We've kind of listened and then talked about where quality of health management education fits. And I think if you approach it that way and they know you're willing to work with people, with other institutions over time, you can develop a very comfortable relationship. And I think that's, you know, what you were able to do when you went to Georgia, talked with people there. They felt that what we have with CAMI are good standards and that we'd work with them. And CAMI's built things to make that possible. The mentorship circle, the, you know, the idea of collaborating with other people, that's all part of CAMI. And that's what makes it attractive, in my opinion. And, you know, that's when you think about CAMI and where we were. And again, Dan, this is before my time, but, you know, 40, 50 years ago at the start of CAMI back in 1968, when you looked at what the Kellogg Foundation investment in CAMI wanted us to do, which was to really be a global accreditor. Yeah. And they really had. I mean, if you think about the foresight they had. You know, going back 40 years, yeah, 50 years. But, you know, some of the people at that time that were in leadership positions, I, th I think, recognized that countries have got to work together. One of the sectors to work together is healthcare, yeah. because it's very transportable, number one. And no matter where you go, you need healthcare. And there was an early recognition of hey, you know, future leaders need skills. Just because you're a doctor or an economist doesn't mean you can do it. You really, 
they understood the importance of developing skills. Now we focus very heavily on competencies, but you know, skills and attitudes and knowledge is all part of competencies. And Cami's model is excellent in that respect because it, I mean, quite frankly, it focuses on the necessary competencies in the area of leadership, in the area of governance, in the area of quality, in the area of operations management. So the Cami model is very attractive because as people go through and look at competencies, you know, they can see that it's right on. It's definitely a right on approach. When COVID hit, I think it became especially true at how these competencies were universal and how we need to work together. And what was fascinating when COVID occurred, you saw how countries cooperated around the globe to kind of share information and, and kind of make things happen with each other and learn from each other. And then, Cami, we did a white paper called Competencies Around the Globe, the Global Impact of COVID-19 that kind of examined that. For anyone listening out there, you can go on to cami.org backslash white dash papers, white papers. Dan, let me go back to, I think there's always been discussions at Cami around global and, and where do we kind of need to move. But it was research that you were sponsored by the Aramark Charitable Fund that really kind of focused on developing a strategy for Cami that would make sense and move us forward. You want to talk about that a little? Sure, I'd like to, because I think it's an important piece of CAMI. And that is, you know, we've tried to use research. We've tried to develop research. We've tried to engage with our CAMI accredited programs to kind of understand what's going on, to improve what we're doing. So we were quite fortunate. Aramark uh, stepped up two times with grants that enabled us to look at over 20-some countries globally to kind of understand what was happening in the area of health management education and how did that relate to the market in those countries? And, you know, did they have the infrastructure? Was there this relationship between university education and the market? And we found that in many countries, yes, that's the case. But in some other countries, no, it wasn't. It was informative. We also did the study where we looked at our CAMI accredited programs to say, okay, what's going on? And we found that somewhere in the neighborhood of 30-some percent were actively involved globally. And by actively involved, I mean some had study abroad programs, some were teaching courses, there were faculty who were doing research between the universities. There were student exchange programs going. We really found that our CAMI programs, accredited programs, had a lot going on. And that CAMI research enabled us to move forward with global accreditation. Yeah. And the interesting part about all that was it wasn't a high-priced, multi-million dollar marketing no. campaign worldwide. It was relationships that we just kind of worked to kind of build the process. We went from two programs that were interested in us about becoming global credit, University of Georgia and Strathmore University in Africa and yeah. Nairobi. And we went from those two to now, I think there's something like 40, around 40 programs that have expressed some interest. interest. Some of them have a site visit scheduled coming up in the spring, yep. which you are chairing. Some are in candidacy and some are still applying, but it's been interesting to watch that grow. Yeah. And when we first, when I say we with Cami and the board and you and other 
folks, when we got involved, we realized we had to be strategic. We realized we had to be financially responsible uh, as to how we were going to do it. And I think there was also a realization, even to this date, that this is going to take time to develop and mature. And it's happening little by little. And as we know, once you start in a country and the word spreads, then everyone else <laughs> wants to know, well, how do you do it? And how can we get involved? And I think, Cami, through the candidacy program that they have, it's fantastic because it gives you a way of working with people, explaining criteria, educating faculty as to what they're going to need to be able to do. And that is a very beautiful piece with Cami that they're willing to teach and work with people to kind of understand and develop this self-study that's really needed. A key piece of Cami. And that will, when you kind of look at what CAMI does and our standards and the programs that, that are CAMI accredited, that's important to the students and that helps them kind of move forward. So let me have you just kind of focus on the students. So if I'm a student and I'm going, hey, yeah, I really want to get involved globally. I want to look outside my boundaries. What should a student do? Well, I think there's several steps. Number one, they should go in and look at accredited programs because we know, and this discussion is pointing out, people, faculty are involved. So there's a high probability you'd be able to find a university where people are interested in global healthcare management. That's step number one. Step number two, there are things you can do in your graduate studies to study abroad programs. CAMI programs know one another. Many times we do, well, we do a lot of study abroad in our program, but, but I have other colleagues in Florida, you know, outside of Pennsylvania that call and say, hey, I got a student really wants to travel abroad and they take your course. And I say, of course you can, because I know that they'll accept our course, work CAMI accredited program elsewhere. So that's another thing you can do. Really letting people know that you're interested in globalization and you want to find ways. I mean, this is where academic and career advising comes into play, where you can sit with somebody and say, hey, let's explore what the opportunities are. And I know that the United Nations, the European Union, the WHO, a lot of international programs are looking to hire people with health management backgrounds to run projects around the world. So you can immediately begin look at that. And then most programs provide some type of field work. You can do an internship or you could look for a fellowship. For example, Joint Commission just offered that fellowship opportunity. Big because Joint Commission has Joint Commission International. But I think the starting point is letting someone know that you're really interested and then begin to listen to faculty who kind of walks the talk, yeah. uh, you know, in the classroom and go see them. Yeah. Good point about the Joint Commission Fellowship, because when we worked with Dr. Perlin and we worked with the team at Joint Commission to create this CAMI Joint Commission Fellowship for Sustainability, Quality and Safety, one of the things that they talked about was globalization, that the fellow will really need to understand what the Joint Commission does outside of the United States as well as inside. And in fact, I think their concept is to provide some level of experience in there too. So it's great. Dan, you actually contributed to CAMI, one of your students as 
the Cami Global Fellow at one point, which brought a level of experience and breadth to our organization as we were looking at continuing this expansion in global as well. Yeah. And that was an important move. And I think it was with your leadership, Anthony. You took on a fellow because we thought that that could be, again, a piece to help move us forward. So it started with Aramark. It started with a fellowship. It started with a concept paper that you sold to the board (laughs) (laughs) to to get started. And in fact, that board meetings continually support this whole idea of globalization. And also importantly, we're willing to travel, to go there, to see, to listen, to hear. I think that speaks highly of your leadership. And your partnership. As we kind of end, I want to end with a quote. It's from Global Accreditation Strategies in Health Management Education. And the quote begins, a borderless world in higher education provides mobility of student and faculty to enhance scientific research, to redesign undergraduate, postgraduate, and doctoral education. Within this larger context of globalization, there's an opportunity for existing accrediting organizations to provide accreditation activities that impact the current and future development of professional healthcare leaders and quality of care. And I really think that sums up of what we're trying to accomplish in there. It is. It fits perfectly with the mission of CAMI in the area of health management education, because I I know we realize and I think, you know, students will realize very quickly how important it is to be in a graduate program that's teaching the skills, the knowledge, the competencies. And I might also say addressing values that are going to be really important later on. Honesty, humility. I mean, these are the things we talked about earlier today. And Cami accredited programs bring that to students. But the the opportunities are just expanding. And almost every healthcare system is some way touching upon globalization. I mean, if you're into telehealth, and many of our systems are actually providing management to programs outside the United States, own hospitals outside, that's in what I call mainline healthcare. But pharmaceutical and, you know, infectious disease surveillance programs that we get with CDC, I mean, it's all part of this globalization, this bigger community that we're all part of. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Dan, thank you very much for your time today. I think this was, again, a fascinating review of why global accreditation is important and why understanding what's going on in different cultures around the world are important for the future leaders of healthcare. So Dan, again, thank you very much for for coming today. Thank you for having me. And thank you for letting me talk about something that's near and dear to my heart called globalization, (laughs) healthcare management. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Master Your Healthcare Career Podcast, hosted by Dr. Anthony Stanowski, CAMI President and CEO. Subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. For more information, you can visit www.cami.org.